the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. And a good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, February 1st. 2024. Glad you are here. Glad I'm here. We got a lot of important work to do today. Real quick, uh, 70 years ago today, uh, an event in history that is important to you, and you didn't even know it because <laughs> it's real important to me. But, but all that I mean essentially is if you're listening right now, and I appreciate that very, very much every day, but you're not listening right now if, uh, if something 70 years ago today didn't happen. Uh, because I don't exist today if something 70 years ago didn't happen. 70 years ago today, Stanley Green Davis married Mary Eleanor Blunt uh, in in Bainbridge, Georgia. And the rest, as they say, <laughs> is, is my history and our shared history. My parents both passed in 98, but I certainly think of them every day. And, uh, and and want to make them happy as they look down on us every day. And um, speaking of, uh, of prayerful things, we're going to dive into that really quickly. So anyway, uh, happy anniversary, Mom and Dad. Thank you very much. Yesterday was a bit of nostalgia. It's funny because uh, yesterday was the 53rd anniversary of the launch of Apollo 14, the first of the three Saturn launches my mom and dad took me down to, along with my friend Freddie Daly. And I, we badgered them enough that they finally did it. Um, I think today would be a good day. Um, 50 years ago, right about now, my mom and dad let me do something that was part of a massive cultural phenomenon. Uh, I, w- I would have been 16 and it, it borderline CPS case. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think as we get into our chat with Mike, I will share a, a place where I found myself 50 years ago, right about now. And, uh, and maybe you were in a similar uh, similar place. So all this lies ahead. Here's what lies ahead today's program. One hour from right now, uh, John Huffman, mayor of Southlake, will be on. He's one of the uh, gaggle of folks running to be Dr. Michael Burgess's successor in Congress. We're going to work our way through, you know, all the major players in there once again, as, as we have so far. But and I'm going to get to this like real quick. It's the first thing I'm going to do. You know what Cameo is? And I don't mean the the band. Word up. Uh, Cameo is an app where you pay famous or semi-famous people to leave greetings. I actually did this once. Um, I, I, Hisham Tafik, who play, is in the blacklist, uh, he's Dembe in the blacklist, and we love blacklist. And I and 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 so I had I, I paid Dembe you know, a couple hundred dollars to uh, through it through Cameo to leave a Valentine's Day thing for Lisa a couple years ago. Worth. She was just thrilled. I mean, it was that just a crazy? Yeah, but uh, and and the more. I mean, you can. They're crazy famous people 
you pay thousands of dollars if you want to do that. That's nothing I'll ever do. Uh, but but anyway, so that's why. But they're political folks. You can pay people, and they will essentially say anything. So somebody, somebody paid somebody you probably have some residual familiarity with, a fellow who had his 15 minutes of political fame, to lie like a dog about John Huffman. I'm going to play it in a minute. And then Mr. Huffman will join us at 806. 8.35, congressional update. Fourth District Congressman Pat Fallon. We'll talk borders. We'll talk that uh, child tax credit uh, bipartisan thing that happened uh, yesterday. That's good. More uh, tax credits for people with the kiddos and various other congressional things. And then 9.05, we will solve the world's problems with Jonathan Shanzer of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. What in the world uh, do we do uh, to Iran for the people, for our people they've killed? We've done nothing so far. Biden the other day says, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I, I figured it out. Have you? Have you? So Mr. Shanzer joins us at 9.05. Um, and you get to join us um, all along the path through today's broadcast, 866-660-5759, 866-660-5759. That's how you call us. That's how you text us on the Patriot Mobile text line. Either way, we appreciate it, and we hope you appreciate this. Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America where our Constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work where we protect the unborn, and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created, and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything. We ask these things in your holy name. Amen. So I don't I don't think there's nothing wrong, I guess, with the existence of an app that where you I mean, there are people, I guess, who have car payments or something. I don't know. It's, and you you pay them money. And I think the way this started is so that, you know, some soap opera star, you know, can leave your wife a nice uh, a nice message. Or you can get some mid-level sports figure to wish your buddy a happy birthday or or whatever. I think there was some prankage that kicked in. Did somebody get, was it Brett Favre? Did somebody got some, some athlete to, because what you do is you, you tech, you, you send them a copy to read. Like if, let's say I, if, if it were me, which I had, I ain't doing this. Let's say I'm not in this gig, but I'm a you know mid-level TV star. Uh, hey, would you, uh, would you, uh, Wish my buddy a happy birthday. Hey, it's Mark Davis uh, wishing Joe Blow a really happy birthday. Joe, understand that you're really uh, into the Kansas City Chiefs and want them to win the Super Bowl. And uh, so go Chiefs. And uh, also hear that uh, you really are big into, you know, model rocketry. So that's really cool. And I hope you have a fantastic uh, birthday and uh, blah, blah, blah. It's tailor-made for the message for the you pay the money. And then the, then the semi-famous person 
says pretty well whatever you want. There was one, I want to say it was Brett Favre, and they put all kinds of like code language into it that was like white supremacy lingo or I don't even know what. Just just had some, hey, just, I, I don't know, just, and it was just a big old prank. But bottom line is their credit card cleared and the person says whatever you want them to say. What could possibly go wrong? Well, this. So, hey, does anybody remember George Santos? Well, George was in Congress for about five minutes until everybody learned that a whole lot of what he had said to get there was a lie. Well, continuing the path of lying into the private sector because he was drummed out of Congress, somebody, somebody threw George Santos some money to weigh in in the story the Dallas Observer covers this as uh and of course they hate Republicans at the Observer so they love this um that that George Santos has weighed in on the Texas 26 race the race to succeed Michael Burgess well i don't know about you but when i could think of somebody weighing in i think of somebody lending their views to an already existing debate it's fine well, George Santos wouldn't know, you know, Texas 26 if the district bit him, wouldn't know John Huffman or anybody else running if they were standing right next to him. George Santos is a is is pardon me here, whoring himself out for anything anybody will pay him to say. So somebody threw him a couple of bucks to say this. Hey, Mayor John Huffman, it is I, George Santos, you know, the guy from New York expelled, but with a 96.7 conservative rating. So I know a real conservative. Let's pause. He did have a high, by the way, I I, I thought there, there are parts of the Santos gig that I actually kind of enjoyed. He drove the establishment crazy. He, he said, wow, really sorry I lied about a lot of stuff, but not just sort of watch how I serve. I was kind of willing to let him do that. If they want him, keep him, you know. Uh, but a 96.7 conservative rating, 100% conservative rating, that's awesome. It means you stand for some good things. However, if you're willing to whore yourself out to lie about somebody, that's not about your conservatism. That's about your, uh, that's about your personal ethics. Let's let George continue. From a mile away. And I find it hard to believe that Texas 26 would want to vote for somebody who supports BLM and attended a BLM rally in 2020, and now you claim to be a hardcore conservative or faux conservative. But here's the deal. You don't live in Texas 26, and... Word on that, because it's a big big residency requirement primary season, isn't it? Uh, You don't have to. In the Texas Senate a la Brent Higginboot, you do have to. And he either does or he doesn't. Here's my 30-second rant on this. Could we figure this out, please, so everybody can get on with their lives in Senate District 30 that's uh, that, that's that's headed out by the new crown prince of Paxton hatred, Drew Springer. Uh, he's leaving. And, uh, and Brent Higginboot has all these endorsements. Uh, Abbott, Patrick, uh, you know, Rick Perry. Um, but does he live in the district? You know, that's not where his house is. Office is there. Got a little corner in the house you can, you know, bunk in from time to time. If that's a if that meets the residency requirement, then okay, everybody get off Brent's back. Uh, if you can't do that, then you shouldn't be on the ballot. Can we figure this out, please?
because that's what the state Senate requires. Congress doesn't just got to live in the state. You could run for Texas 26 from Lubbock. Anyway, uh, now Southlake, of which Huffman is mayor, there's a, a you know, corner of Southlake that is indeed in the district. That, you know, if that would mean something to you. Uh, anyway, and, and my overall on this, of course, is I don't think most people care one whit about any of the residency stuff. Uh, you're not running for mayor. It's what do you bring to the job and do you have familiarity with the district, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, George is on a roll. We support BLM. Yeah, more on that in a moment. Can you add that up for me? There's a inquiring minds want to know, Mayor John Huffman, who do you support for president? And um, really, what's up with... We had, we had oh, well, bottom line is, we'll ask him. Well, ooh, uh, when when we last talked to John, DeSantis was still running. I think he was a DeSantis guy. Uh, I wonder if he's made the journey that virtually all the DeSantis people have made, and that's right over to Trump. We'll ask him, because John Hoffman's on with us at 8.05, and we'll see what he thinks of this little George Santos prank. Or, excuse me, you know what? I don't, George took the money. He's got car payments. I don't want George Santos to be eating dog food. I mean, I don't know. If somebody, if I'm him, if I am he, if I'm George Santos, and somebody sends me this thing to bag on someone personally, I don't think I'm going to do it. The BLM rally in 2020. Mm. Really want to know. All right, Johnny. Bye. Now, where to begin? Let us begin in 2020. Do we remember 2020? Do we remember the aftermath of George Floyd? Do we remember the riots? Do we remember the tension? They extended not just from uh, large urban centers like Dallas and Houston, but there were businesses boarded up in South Lake for fear that BLM riots might spread to South Lake. South Lake! So there was indeed a gathering of people at a, a rally on the issue of police uh, behaviors. They were, they were all over the place. The mayor of South Lake at the time was Laura Hill. John Huffman was on the council. They and others took a look at this and said, you know, um, we're, we're not going to let this go unaddressed. So the idea arose that Mayor Laura Hill would go and tell these gathered folks that, quite frankly, we support the police. You know, we have proper empathy for this and proper regard for that and attentiveness to this. But all of the things being equal, this notion of the police are terrible, police are racist, police are evil. We reject that. We support the police. This went over uh, so well that she was shouted off the stage. John Huffman was indeed there in support of the mayor. And they uh, had their moment and hightailed it out of there. The goal being, as anyone with a half a brainstem or a moment of, uh, of, of research uh, time can gather, that's why they were there. The storyline of you know, John Huffman attended a BLM rally in, in an attempt to paint him as some sympathizer to that is a damnable lie. Now, I don't care so very, very much that George Santos is clinging to some thread of relevancy and offering to whore himself out for things like this. Whatever. I don't care. What I'd love to know is who paid him to do this. Was it somebody else's campaign? If it was, 
that campaign. I mean, maybe it was just some rogue dude who doesn't like Huffman. Whatever. That's the. But but if a if this was done with the knowledge and complicity of a competing campaign, that campaign should be ashamed of itself. Welcome to primaries 2024. And I, I in a lot of these, I'm not pro anybody or anti anybody. Uh, I'll tell you on March 5th, I absolutely want Brent money to beat Jill Dutton. Not because Jill's a terrible shrew or, you know, Nancy Pelosi or anything like that. Brent's more conservative. It's a conservative district. That's what he ought to do. So I'll tell you that flat out in 26, a lot of folks there to like, uh, 30, a lot of folks there to like, and I mean, I, I, I love Brent Hagen, but everybody thinks I'm giving him holy hell about the residency thing. It's just because I want to know, does he live in the district? And uh, and his people won't let him on the show, so I can ask him that. I, I'm not pro anybody or anti anybody in a lot of these races. I'm anti BS. I'm anti being hosed, and I'm anti fraud and duplicity and dishonesty. And that's what this stupid George Santos video is. Anyway, uh, Mr. Huffman, Mayor Huffman, joins us eight oh five seven twenty three. Mark Davis six sixty a.m. answer. Our first musical birthday was a young lady had her first album about 20 years ago. Looked like one of the first really big Nepo babies of the fresh century. Because her fame was completely because of who her dad was. So I said, let's, uh, let's see how this goes here. And you know what? It was really, really good. The album was called To Whom It May Concern. This is Lisa Marie Presley. She would have been 56 today. Passed away just over a year ago. She put out three albums, like, like in 03, 05, and then 2012, and they're all really, really good. So, observing the birthday of Elvis's girl there. All righty, 866-660-5759. Um, about a minute here before we hop to the bottom of the news, the bottom of the hour news, and then say hi to our buddy Mike Gallagher, and where my parents took me 50 years ago. It might have been this week or, or in the last couple of weeks. And I wonder if Mike, Mike couldn't have been there because of the even slight difference in our ages. It's a place where I could be, but Mike should not. Uh, you know where Nikki Haley was yesterday? Uh, Breakfast Club, Power 105.1, New York City, kind of an urban formatted. Uh, it's kind of funny. I mean, you know, it's it's not like a totally black audience. Uh, this is where you get Charlemagne the God and DJ Envy. It's a great name. Anyway, she was on there. And that's, here comes South Carolina, where she is desperate. And South Carolina probably has some good Breakfast Club national syndicated audience. But, hey, here's Nikki Haley talking about Trump. He's made it chaotic. He's made it self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. He's made people dislike and judge each other. Each other? He he did this? Excuse me? Listen, if your relatives hate you because you voted for Trump, that ain't Trump's fault. That's on them. He's left that a president should have moral clarity. B- uh, how about the morality of borders? How about the morality of uh, of taxes? How about the morality... Of, uh, of of gender, the morality of climate, the morality of being America first. Those all strike me as extremely moral views. The morality of actually doing something about crime. The morality of getting porn out of our schools. Uh, excuse me, what's the moral argument here, please? And know the difference between right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's just toxic. To To whom, please? To your campaign, perchance, because it is failing so blatantly? I mean, he, you know, 
I think a lot of the things he broke needed to be broken. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't know how to fix things again. (laughs) Yes, he does. Anyway, that's the sound of desperation. God love her. She won't be around much longer. 731, Mark Davis, Sears, Nikki in the newsroom. Oh, this works. I think of Rick James Super Freak as kind of a recurring Eminem theme. No, that's not Well, I know that's that sampled. The right song? No, it's sampled oh. by MC Hammer, correct? But uh, this close. This, of course, would be Rick James and Super Freak. Rick James would have been 76 today, uh, but he passed away back in 04. A calendar history today, Mike. Uh, my mom and dad got married 70 years ago today in Bainbridge, Georgia. So, wow. So, that's but, neat. but for that, you and I are not talking. But for that, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here. We when, are not here. When when would your mom and dad have gotten married? Your That's bo- a good question. Your That's bo- a really good question. Yes. You know, I don't rem- I don't know. I don't really realize. I think they got married in, I don't know. I don't know. I gotta, I've never really, you know, it's a weird thing. When you lose your parents when right. they're when you're young, mm-hmm. it's kind of that kind of stuff doesn't really stay top of mind. And I'm not. I'm proud of that. I'm a little embarrassed by that. I should know that, I guess. But you know, I lost my dad when I was 11, mm-hmm. and then I lost my mom a few years after that. So uh, that those kind of dates sort of fade into the. And I should kind of reconnect. So uh, I thank thank you. I will well, look into well, that. Well, here, here here's that. a date. I know they. I know. I know where they met. I know they yeah. met in oh. World War II. My dad oh. was in the U.S. Navy. My mom was a wave. I know they met in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, they got were married older. Up in, okay. Well, how many siblings do you have? I've got well one late sister. Right. She's no longer with us. Were you? That's it. Were you the? You, you were. You were young because I'm the youngest. Because because yep. my my parents were born in 1931 and 34. If your parents met in World War II, your parents were substantially older than mine, and you're younger than me. Yeah, my dad. Let's see. My dad died when he, he was 61, mm-hmm. and that was in 19. Uh, what would that have been? 1971. Right. So I don't know. When how you were 11, he so, so he was 50. Yeah. He was 50-ish when you were born. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, now so here's the so here here's the other thing that I've, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Fifty years ago, right about exactly right now, my parents took me somewhere, and I'm guessing, and I always like to see here's what was going on in my life. Let's see what was going on in Mike's life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm gonna guess not because I would have fifty years ago, right now, I would have been sixteen and you would have been thirteen, right? 1974, 1974, right? 1974, exactly right. So uh, my parents took me somewhere, and I don't think your parents did, but I want to know what this meant in your life. My parents took me to the movies. Your parents took you to The Exorcist? Oh, they didn't just take me to The Exorcist. What? Where, where am I growing up? Suburbs of D.C., right? Yeah, D.C., right we where We went to The place. Exorcist at the KB Cinema on Wisconsin Avenue around the corner from where the steps are. I saw those steps. Yeah, well, of course. Where, where, they, where the priest got thrown it's, down it's the store. Prospect Street and M Street in Georgetown, absolutely. Whoa. Yep. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me get this straight, because yep. I got an exorcist story with my mom. Okie dokie. Let's go. Rock it. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, wanna, <laughs> I want the audience to hear this. Biden could resign, and we're doing this. Forget it. Forget this. The country's on fire. I got to understand this. The Republic hangs by a thread. We're in five wars. You're just a couple years older than me, right? Right. right. Uh-huh. So you were, ha- say that again, you were was, how old? I was 16, okay. And oh, well, that's a little see, different Exactly right, and that's why I said- I was 13. Th- right, and that's a big gulf of time. Anybody okay. taking a 13-year-old to the exorcist, that's a CPS call. 
Well, uh, that's what I was, was going to call CPS retroactively <laughs> retro- on your parents. <laughs> parents been gone if, hey, if E. Jean, if e. Jean Carroll can do it, I'm going to do it. I'll sue somebody <laughs> exactly right. on behalf of Mark Davis. I'm going to retroactively get it. No, I was 13. My mom went with one of her girlfriends, and she came back. I'll never forget this. I was home alone, as mm-hmm. I often was, which is why I'm as goofy as I am. Mm-hmm. And she came. Oh, I, listen, I had a weird childhood. You, the la- latchkey kid, you look that up. That's me in the in the dictionary. So she came home white as a ghost, and she immediately turned to me and said, Mike, you will never, ever, ever, ever see that evil, satanic, awful movie. She was shook. Now, you got to understand, she said the rosary almost to her dying day. She was a, a, a diehard Roman Catholic, and, you know, Catholics, yeah, this is real, real stuff. Exorcisms and devils so, and oh, yeah. since you're right about that, and I want to send everybody, I'll wrap this up in a minute here, to a book I've stumbled across called Night Mother, I don't know what that's about, A Personal and Cultural History of the Exorcist by a woman named Marlena Williams. It is a deep dive into what the movie was about, how it was made, the impact it's had over 50 years, what the whole Linda Blair thing was, what was going on, what happened on the set, stuff like this. Do you know what the Catholic Church thought about The Exorcist? The actual movie? Institutionally, what they thought of it, because the Catholic Church I gotta was believe, I got to believe they, they blessed it, they, they condoned well, it. Well, here's the thing. They, they said, they, they, they had a range, I remember... Because it's kind of funny. I dated a Catholic girl for a little while, and and she talked told me about the at, at this time, and she said there were there were movies that were approved. Some had warnings. The worst thing a movie could be in the Catholic magazine was condemned. They literally right. would say the movie is condemned. Right. Now, in the case of The Exorcist, which has all kinds of imagery that's really stark and and violent and even Graphic, sex, sexual yep. in some ways, blah blah blah. They nonetheless, because the story, while really really sharp and and bluntly delivered is extremely pro catholicism it yeah. speaks to the the trappings of the history of the honor of a priest pretty well saves the day right, right. so so they said it was guarded they said listen you know there's stuff in here that's not our favorite thing but if you want to go go that was the official position of the catholic church now linda blair who's a little younger than me a little older than you uh and i she she was twelve filming this thing, right? Right, right. And uh, it's a, it was another time, and and the director, of course, is is William Friedkin, who had just right. done French Connection, big deal. And, and oh, oh, by the way, let's not bury the lead. What is your general uh, opinion of the film? Oh, I I mean, it terrifies me, and it reminds me of good versus evil. And I was going to say that the reason the Catholic Church probably Mm -hmm. didn't condemn it is because we believe in evil. We believe in Satan. We I mean, don't you believe that people can be demonically possessed? I I don't think the devil's capable of that? I do. I I find me 100 people who say they've been possessed, and I think 99 of them, maybe maybe 100, just have a mental screw loose. Maybe maybe one of them. I think evil's all around us right now. And I do believe in a proactive dark force uh, that that one can refer to in whatever way they wish. I think the devil is at work. Absolutely. Satan Satan is very active Is it making kids' heads uh, spin on an axis and speak foreign languages? I don't know. Anyway. Though, talk about possession, no, just no, about no, the, the I, presence of evil. May, the may, presence may, of evil can make it, it no can manifest itself in a lot of ways. No doubt, a lot of ways. So it's another time, and you know some of the scenes where uh, so the, and special effects guys making the bed go ba bum ba bum. Linda Blair was 
deeply hurt. I mean, was wounded, was injured. And at that one point uh, where she slaps uh, Ellen Burstyn, her mom, uh, Chris McNeil, slaps yeah. her across the room uh, because that has to be a big, strong slap. There's a thing right. attached to Ellen Burstyn that yanked her back onto the right. floor. There were no mats on the floor. She hurt her. They, they, they totally hurt themselves really badly making this sure. movie. And the girl is 12. She's she's 12 playing Reagan McNeil. Yeah. And you know the thing where it's really cold? He, he didn't want special effects. They wanted it to be cold enough on the set where you wow. could see everybody's breath. And there are still photographs of the production of the film where all the camera guys and directors are standing around in ski jackets and she's lying there in a nightgown. It was a, it was a literal nightmare making this film. I believe it is a masterpiece. It stays with me still. I it is a, a, a an article of storytelling like nothing else, nothing that was made before or yep. since. Just so in the book, all, there, the book is there, the, the book is Night Mother, a personal and cultural history of the Exorcist by Marlena wow. Williams 50 years ago in theaters. Gotcha. Anyway, so uh, there's there's also a lot of stories about the supposed haunting of the set. There's a lot of stories about strange things that happened, the people who died, uh the guy who played her director friend, uh uh, he was he died uh, there was a a medical technician in one of the scenes where she was getting the CAT scan, the CT yes. scan, mm-hmm. and he was a he was a serial killer, suppose. I mean, yeah. all kinds of really, but evil is real, Mark. Uh, and, no and doubt. That's why. No doubt. And, and 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 by the way, P, final coded all this mm-hmm. when my mom warned me never to ever 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 see that movie. Yeah. I couldn't get to the movie. But, of enough. course, it's the Forbidden Fruit Syndrome. Was, why didn't parents I, know this? Don't listen to that album. Wow. I was, How fast I was can just, I get it? And yeah. I was as terrified by yeah. that movie as she was. It stays with me to this day, yeah. and it was uh, it was scary stuff. Hey, let's get down to business here. I want to thank you for your piece in the Star Telegram about um, Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey because you know it, it, your theme was this is why we can't have nice things. Yep. And I'm curious about the feedback you got to the column. What feedback did you, Do you get? know? What? Because I and let me tell you why I'm asking. Sure. I got feedback to this topic yesterday. Yep. I got absolutely uh, tons of calls that that disagree with you strongly. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of disagree with me. Because I don't think it's all that big a deal. I sort of it's understand <laughs> the the Taylor Swift factor. I strongly disagree with you that she's not going to endorse Biden because she will because <laughs> she say. already did. She made she bad. Did she made well. That was that was a long she, time ago. She, yeah. she did in twenty twenty. The, oh, the long time ago. The last cycle. Come on, what are you talking about? A long, long time ago. She's on the calendar of Joe on the calendar of Joe Biden's cognition. Uh-huh. It was fifteen years ago. I know it, it was, was the last election. Mark she will, and she, she will, endorsed. She will him. not endorse Biden she's, this she time. She certainly will. She certainly will endorse Biden. But nonetheless, she made. Back on Trump, but you want to endorse. What him. feedback did? Well, she'll endorse him like she did in 2020. What okay. feedback did you get? Well, I mean, first of all, she's a singer. What do you What do you think she's got to do? Put her hand on the Bible and write a proclamation on Mount Rushmore to endorse? She's endorsing Joe Biden. Why? Well, I don't know okay. what you're resistant to that. Well, about. There, that is a, weird... that is a thing. To, to, to just saying you like him or you hope people vote. I, man, I don't know. I, I just don't. I think she she's not going to hitch her brand to that decrepit wagon. But not, she may well, bag she will, on she, she may bag on Trump, but you know, blah blah blah. Anyway, you're hitching her brand. And she's been hitching her brand to that for years. Now, you said, though, it has to be exhausting living life in a constant search for Absolutely. outrage. Absolutely. You know, and this is what I liked about your column, because you're right. you got two young people. God. They bring joy to millions. Yes. What's the big, so what's the deal here? So what feedback did you get on your column? It was appropriately mild. The notion of, here, and here's a phenomenon you know well. If there is something that 3% of our audience is torqued off about, 
it could fill our phones for a month. Right? True. You, you know it. Just simple math. You've got I've got a lot of listeners. You've got a ton of listeners. You've got it's, a natural show. If it's one or two percent. Limbaugh, it's, wait a minute. Wait. It's the Rush Limbaugh phenomenon. Let me say this real quick. Sure. Rush used to say, if you buy a car and you love the car, you just enjoy the car. You right. drive around. You don't call anybody. Yep. But if the car makes a rattle, right. you're going to call the, the dealership. So exactly. you're right. It's the 3% so who call. everybody who, who's, t- who's just tired of Taylor on the TV box, where they're not tired of the other 50 people we see all the time, or just who are just envious, or they don't like her, or just whatever. Anybody who's just got their panties in a wad about that whole relationship, they're, they're, this is how they fill their long, empty days by just, excuse me, bitching about and, Taylor Swift and, 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 and Travis Kelsey. And, and Travis Who cares? Kelsey. Who, they, they're the, lovely, the, they're and, lovely people. They, they may be left of center. I don't care. Go ahead. And the, and the media has propped up the, the people who are angry yes. to make it look like it's all of us. Correct. And that's what's – it's an interesting sleight of hand. you got to mm-hmm. hand it to them. Mm-hmm. They're all bagging on it. They're all turning this into a huge story. It, and it really is To make our side look bad in an attempt to, because they find – I mean, and then there's their that's, stupid Vivek, smartest guy in the world, dumb as a mud fence on this. They're fixing the Super Bowl so that the Chiefs win, so that this couple <laughs> is elevated more, so that they can right. endorse Biden or whatever dude but 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 good column and and i and i wanted to salute you on that i was curious about the feedback now more importantly any day now we could find out if trump has his real estate empire ordered dissolved by a court by a judge i think this is such a crucial issue right now we have a judge in delaware rescinded elon musk's pay package a judge decided that despite the company's board and 80% of its shareholders, he's making too much money. So, so she, she dissolved his pay package. We have, we have uh, pro-lifers who are about to face 11 years in jail for peacefully praying and singing on a sidewalk outside an abortion clinic. What did uh, they by do? The way, that was the Freedom but, of Access to Clinic Entrances Law, which may be badly written. What part of it did they exactly violate? I'm, that's what they violated, and you're right. It was badly written, and it's like if you're on the sidewalk, you get to go to jail. And yet uh, there have been a grand total of zero people ever even arrested for being outside the houses of the justices after Roe was overturned. That's against the law. Yep. But pro-lifers, Mark we're seeing a horrific weaponization of the courts Completely. to punish political opponents, and Man. it starts with Trump, and it goes all. And the reason he could win, the reason he probably will win, is because Americans are saying if they can do it to him, they can do it to me, and they're doing it to to the me's of the world. Look at these pro-life cases. Uh, so it's crazy. I mean, the Elon Musk thing when he took over uh, Twitter and he became an enemy of the left. Yes, they went. Joe Biden. Went and to the, by the to way, the, to and the, what and what made him an enemy of the left by being a doctrinaire conservative, by being a right-wing blowtorch? No, nope. no, he became an enemy of the left by by re- re- restoring free speech on Twitter, where the left had been used to Twitter shutting down uh, conservative thought. And remember, after Biden, after Musk purchased Twitter, Biden immediately lo- called for a federal investigation mm-hmm. into Elon Musk mm-hmm. using the bully pulpit of the White House. Hey, back to the Elon Musk pay package. Get this. Uh, the judge who ruled against Elon Musk, this judge, 
Before she was a judge, she worked at a Delaware law firm called Young Conaway. That firm and its employees have been major donors to, wait for it, Joe Biden for decades. Oh, you connect these dots. And in a March 28 email, Hunter Biden claimed to personally know every judge on the Delaware Chancery Court while threatening legal action against his Chinese business partners. This thing stinks to high heaven. We better be aware of it. And I am happy to connect the dots today, beginning at 10.05 on the the Mike Gallagher Show here on 660 AM, The Answer. Nobody connects them like Mike, so get <laughs> so connect with him and his program. Today at 10, as soon as we're done, Karen, right here. Get out of the house. Father Karras. I am Beelzebub. I don't think she actually says that. but it's, <laughs> it's, Mike's with you at 10. Be there. 660 AM, The Answer. Take my hand. Stranger in paradise. Number one record as my mom and dad got married 70 years ago today. The great Tony Bennett, Stranger in Paradise. A stranger in paradise. When my mom and dad were newlyweds about six months, uh, six, seven months later, five, six months later. A kid named Elvis Presley walked into WHBQ in Memphis, sat down with a disc jockey named Dewey Phillips, and uh, he played That's All Right Mama about 47 times. The world changed. Well, keeping track of this changing world, uh, the next thing we'll do is we work our way into the 8 o'clock news. We will welcome John Huffman, mayor of Southlake, candidate for Congress in 26, where Dr. Michael Burgess is leaving. And somebody paid George Santos to do a cameo video smearing him. Really? Let's get his reaction next on 660 AM The Answer. Mark Davis, stick around. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.